Hello, Internet! This is Chase Wassenaar, a.k.a. the Redshirt King, and welcome to a very special edition of the Guess the Lines podcast. It is the first week of the Unicorn Challenge! Oh, man, I have been waiting for this for so long, and I am so glad to uh, be here with my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well, Chase. I am excited, like you are, to... Uh, to get worlds underway to be proven as the only only analyst i have seen to state that tsm will make it out of groups and i'm going to be riding that high horse until it's chopped down and turned into glue and you know what my desire to win the uh, the unicorn challenge is making me encourage you to do exactly that please <laughs> Keep that train going, man. I believe in the you that believes in TSM. That is my best advice I can give. Now, some of you guys at home might have no idea who we are because you found us through Unicorn rather than through our Lesson Legends uh, automatic kind of thing. So let me explain. Uh, this is the Guess the Lions Challenge. Every day before the World's Games, we are going to look at each one of the games that are being played, and we're going to guess without looking where we think the gambling line is. Whichever one of us is closer to the correct answer gets a point. Most points wins the day. Most days wins the whole challenge. Now that's a little kind of pride thing that Walter and I have going on where we get to change each other's profile picture um, if we happen to be more correct than the other one. But this time we're mixing things up thanks to the fine folks at Unicorn who are not only hosting this but are giving us $100 to the charity of our choice if we can win more money or more Unicorns, I should say, by the end of this whole world's uh, championship than the other person. So, Walter, let's start with you. What charity are you competing for in this first inaugural Unicorn Challenge? Uh, I decided to choose uh, uh, to write Love on Her Arms for those of you who who probably don't know much about the organization. Uh, It's an American organization that focuses on people uh, struggling with addiction, uh, depression, uh, thoughts of suicide, and the like. Uh, as someone who has, uh, you know, suffered from this in the past, I kind of, when we first decided we wanted to make it a charity thing, I wanted to do something that, that focused on kind of mental health. And uh, just from doing some research and, you know, looking around at blog posts, this seemed to be the, the best organization to uh, actually send some money to. So hopefully TSM doesn't let me down and, you know, I get to, I get to send a hundred bucks their way. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful cause. And I'm, uh, I'm going to be competing for nothing but nets, which you guys might have seen if you uh, if you read Rick Riley at all, or if you watch Chopped, uh, one of the recent competitors I think was competing for this one on one of their charity things. It is a organization that sends nets over to poor African families. These nets can pretty much keep out all the mosquitoes that would come their way. It's a huge factor in stopping malaria for these families, and it's amazing how cheap these nets are and how much of a huge effect they can have. On these people, so I'm gonna hope to send a hundred dollars their way and save ten families for only a hundred dollars. That's awesome, and hopefully I'll be able to do that as this competition goes on. But you know what? There's gonna be a winner, uh, no matter how these things go, and there are gonna be winners in these games that we're about to uh, to guess. Should we just get right into this? Is it time? I I think we should. I think uh, I think we need to start with the most important match of the day, the opening ceremony. What crazy, crazy thing will Riot do during this opening ceremony? Oh, man. That's a good point. I mean, you've got to have at least one clip of Zyrene dancing in slow motion, right? (laughs) 
Like that's got to be involved somewhere, like a montage of all the great moments leading up to this. You have the uh, the two Shens moment in the Korean playoffs uh, with Monte Cristo and Doa getting dressed up. Like you, you got to have all these things in like a package as you get people excited, right? Or, or do you save that for the reflection at the end of this whole thing? I think you try and get people to go as crazy as possible. Like th- mm-hmm. this is the first time that we've been back in the West mm. in, in a while, actually, uh, since season three worlds. So I think this is a, a great opportunity to get the, uh, the European crowd going, especially when they're leading off with, with fanatic versus IG. Like I, I can't think of a better match to start off the tournament, uh, to get, you know, the European faithful going. I, I believe veteran will be, uh, you know, drowning in euphoria. I, I was going to say he's going to be euphoric for sure. There's no doubt about that. I am so excited about this game in particular because I feel like this is one of the three or four games that when we were looking at the groups, we saw these were going to be games that were really, really close. And we're going to tell us a lot about where we thought Worlds was going to go. You know, there's been a lot of conversation about whether... Europe is at that level of, you know, the, the China and Korea as far as, you know, the top of Europe being the middle of those kinds of regions. Fnatic doing very well in MSI, taking SKT to five games. This is really a great test to see how good this Fnatic team is going to be, especially when you look at just how good Invictus is at these kind of aggressive metas. When you look at these matchups, what is there any matchup that kind of jumps out to you as the thing that we're really going to need to watch as far as what's going to decide who wins this game? So I think that the key the key point here uh, is going to come down to Fabivan versus Rookie in the mid lane. Fabivan, hmm. uh, you know, everyone remembers MSI and Fabivan, you know, time after time solo killing Faker and you know, saying, holy crap, like, no one ever expected this. Like, where did this come from? But Rookie is kind of the center of of the IG freight train. Like, he's the conductor. He's the one that if things aren't going right, for him, things don't go right for IG. And a lot of their, their a lot of Kakao's ganks rotate through, uh, rotate through Rookie. Uh, I think he's the one who has to carry IG out of groups. Mm-hmm. And... Against Fabivan, this is probably going to be his toughest task out of the entire group stage. Uh, you know, he's also in a group with with Westor and um, and Incarnation, but I think Fabivan is is definitely a world class mid laner at the same level that Rookie is, and he's got to be the one to carry. I think Huni will Huni and Zatai is pretty much a toss a toss up. I think Rainover and Kakao have very different play styles. And they're very good at those play styles. And I think the bot lane of Reckless and Yellow Star is just going to crush Kid and Giddies. So it's going to come down to rookie beating Fabivan if uh, Invictus want to win this game. Well, that's going to be the interesting thing to me. That bot lane matchup, I think that, well, Reckless and Kid is going to be really closer than people think. I think Kid, people forget how good the AD carries are in China. Like, just to be a middle of the pack or above average AD carry as he's been this split, you have to be world-class, given that you're competing with the likes of people like Imp and Deft on a regular basis. But it's the Yellow Star Kitties matchup that I think can tilt things Fnatic's way. I, Yellow Star, just the student of the game, a guy that's constantly proven this ability to innovate and make the most out of every situation he can get. You know that he's been boot camping for the last month with all these crazy theories going on in his head about how he can best counter what we've seen from Invictus so far. 
But the one wild card that I really don't think people should underestimate is ZZ Ty. This is a guy who is a known innovator, a guy that constantly brings out picks that nobody is expecting and adapts to new metas faster than just about any other guy in the world right now. It'll be really interesting to see how Huni holds up against him. I think that's one of those matchups that if ZZ Ty gets going early on a Fiora or a Darius or any of those kind of juggernauts, it could be really difficult for Huni to come back in this. Um, it'll be very interesting to see strategically how they choose to fight each other. Both of these teams obviously being teams that love the late game a little bit more and don't usually go for too much early game aggression. So they'll both be kind of playing to each other's strengths. Walter, all of this taken into account, where do you think the line is for this game? Uh, Fanatic minus 165. Okay, I get this one. So I said Invictus minus 150. I thought we were going to have our Eastern hype. Okay. It is even odds, minus 114 for both sides. Fair enough. Fair enough. What a, what a way to start this whole tournament, right? Like I, I, even, even the casinos are like, <laughs> you can't decide. I should not say that word. I apologize. I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think that it's just because – I honestly only went fanatic because I just assumed that this is in Europe. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to make the home team, which is going to be Fnatic in, throughout this, throughout the world. Fnatic has to be considered a home team, uh, especially like, especially kind of playing in Paris. Like, this is Yellow Star's home country. Like, he is going to perform here. Uh, so I, I agree with the odds. They should be at least even, but I, I definitely think that you should be favoring Fnatic and, uh, I don't think this is the same old, same old fanatic where, like, day one, that's like, oh, the European teams are awful. And then day two, they, like, raffle stomp everyone. I think from the outset of this tournament, uh, you have to look at Fnatic as, as the favorite of the Western teams. See, it's funny that you say that because as you were explaining this to me, I, uh, I just bet 50 Unicoins on Invictus to win this game. I, I am of the opinion that China's going to come out swinging in this tournament. I really like these Chinese teams. And, uh, and I just have the feeling that if Invictus plays as good as we know they can play, it's going to be a very difficult matchup for Fnatic. They just play these team fights on a, on a whole different level. It, it's going to be so much fun to watch. I'm, I'm, I just I can't be more excited. Which, by the way, we should, we should mention how easy this whole Unicorn thing is, right? Like, I, I know we already... <laughs> you know, mentioned these things earlier, and we and we love Unicorn. We're so glad that we're working with them. But like, genuinely, I am focusing on this podcast. I can click two buttons, and everything is perfectly set up and good to go. And I can tweet it out if I want people to know that I just made this whole pick. Which maybe I will. I haven't decided yet uh, how much I want to let you guys in on every single individual bet, or if I want to save it for the next day. But uh, but man, it's just easy. And it's nice, and I like nice, easy things. Is that is that fair? Like, I, I don't feel like I'm being a corporate sellout by saying that. I genuinely like the, how easy it was for me to just do this without well, having to I, even I, think about I it. I absolutely agree with you. I do have a question. We aren't we aren't placing like any limits or anything on how much. Like, if I wanted to bet all thousand on Fnatic winning this game, I would be allowed to. Right? You're absolutely welcome. Okay. There's no there's no rules on this. I will say we should have at least one bet every day. I okay. think that's fair. Okay. Um, oh, I thought we were going to bet on every game. I, I, well, we can if you want. Okay. I, I have no problem with that. We, <laughs> I, well, the problem with that is then we, we ruin the ability to do multi-bets, which I'm totally planning on doing one. True. 
later this uh, this week. So we'll have to figure that out. But honestly, uh, as far as how we're going to bet these unicorns, all, all I know is the challenge said have the most at the end of Worlds. So however you want to do that, that's cool and all. Uh, I would not how put, much you started with? Uh, just we're, we're, we'll keep track of all this. So okay. we'll keep each other honest. It'll all work out. You. But uh, but you. let's move on because I'm sure as, as riveting as all of this behind-the-scenes stuff has been for the listeners. Uh, let's talk about Cloud9 versus AHQ. Cloud9, obviously, a Western favorite, uh, a team that has a lot of hype behind them after all these reverse sweeps. Uh, at the same time, this is an AHQ team. A lot of people don't really know the LMS. Where do you think this game is going? Well, if anyone has been paying attention to the the uh, Riot, the LOL Esports Top 20, mm-hmm. it would seem that there has been a, a quite a bit of commotion about Westdoor uh, West being named the best player on AHQ and his ranking in particular, and uh, you know, pointing out that Ziv is probably actually the better player. Uh, overall, and the best player on this team, which really does not bode well for Cloud9, considering that their weakest link is Balls. I Part of me wants to look at this and go, I think the LMS is going to start out slow. I think out of all of the regions, they're going to be the one that starts out slow. They're going to be the one that in the second set of games is going to play Heartbreaker to you know, Cloud9's chances. They might be the one that, you know, especially in this group, will be the one that determines, is it Fnatic or IG that takes number one out of this group? Uh, I think that they could be, that the Flash Wolves over in Group A could be very troublesome uh, for perhaps CLG getting out of groups or Pain getting out of groups. You know, I, I think that this first time, if you want to bet against the LMS teams, it needs to be in this, this like first set of games, these fir- this first weekend. Mm-hmm. But I can't bet against AHQ with Balls being the, my top laner. I need to see that he is actually going to be able to perform. I need to see that High's jungling is something that can be sustainable in a world championship setting and not just, you know... He was just outsmarting North American junglers that strategically aren't very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense to I Will Dominate or Rush or to Move, but they aren't known as being these strategic masterminds. They're being no, they're more known as mechanical players, and you know, uh, uh, high. They're, they're carry junglers. They mm-hmm. aren't you know. Let's play, you know. Let's play a supportive jungler and make sure that my team plays. But you know, I'm making plays around my team. There, I want to make a play. I'm going to go do this and. I don't know if that play style and the inexperience that High has on that play style is going to pan out on the world stage. Uh, so I'd say HQ is probably the favorite here. Yeah, it, it's especially when you look at the way that these teams match up strategically. Cloud9, again, another team that likes to play for the late game. There are a lot of late game teams in this Group C, uh, or Group E, I should say. They, they love... Um, you know, just getting to the 20-minute mark, letting High's shot calling be the thing that leads them forward. The early jungle pathing, eh, he's not a natural jungler. That's not what he wants to do. Uh, the laning with Sneaky and Lemonation, well, Sneaky kind of does better when he's able to split push and do these objective trades. These, this is how Cloud9 likes to play. AHQ, 
is so different than that. They love to roam. They love to attack when you least expect it. And they're not so worried about making sure that they've perfectly warded everything and everything is neat and tidy before they come in. They're just going to go at you and they're going to come at you with a force that is just so hard to deal with, especially when you're talking about Ziv, who just needs about one kill before he gets going. Westor, who I, I think he's not as good as Ziv, but I think he is a great roaming mid laner. This is just such a tough matchup for Cloud9. And if Cloud9 is going to win a game in this group and play spoiler to somebody, I don't think it's against a team that is so strategically counter uh, uh, juxtaposed to them, I guess, than, than AHQ. I think it'll be against a Fnatic or an Invictus that will let them linger and let some of this objective trading and some of these other team fighting abilities uh, keep them around in the game later on. Where do you think the line is when all of this is said and done? Uh, I think AHQ, as I said, are heavy favorites. I'm going to put it at minus 200. Uh, you get this one. I would not have said heavy favorites minus 200. I said minus 300 because I thought of heavy favorites. Uh, it is minus 217, so you you win this one. You know that I tend to try and operate like minus 250 is like mm-hmm. my high ends. Like I really hate <laughs> going above that. Well, you're gonna have a hard time in a couple games. I gotta be honest with you, because Group C cares not for your uh, your super close lines, <laughs> especially when it starts with SKT versus H2K. Should should we hold the memorial for Lulex's career now, or should we wait until after Worlds? I uh, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> does he have any career? Like, hey, Lulex, congratulations. You're going to be able to go back and, and say, hey, I got to play at Worlds against Faker and Bengi, you know, two of the greatest, like, Korean League of Legends players ever. Like, that's a story to tell your grandkids, dude, when this is, like, you know, the number one sport at the Olympics. But, man, oh, man. It, it, I don't think they could have drawn a worse group ever. <laughs> it's so rough. I mean, it, it's one of those things Group C is – it's kind of hard to talk about because the only thing that people ever really want to talk about is, oh man, SKT versus EBG, that's going to be so exciting. All these other things, it's like, man, those two teams are so much better than H2K and Faker. versus Faker. That's true. And that's what I wanted to get to. Do you think that Faker just locks in Zed just first pick and just glares at Ryu just gla- like straight into his eyes? And I just don't think to do Faker that? plays. What? I think I think they dis no I, I I'm like stuck here on the thought of maybe they just disrespect Ryu and throw Easy Hoon out there. I think and if just that, be like no, you don't deserve this. I think if that happens, there's like an eighty percent chance Ryu rage quits by the end of that game. <laughs> like just like screw this, I'm done. I can't. You can't they even send out Easy Hoon and first pick Zed. <laughs> oh God. If you can beat YZ, you get Faker in the second game. You know what? That seems fair. I feel like that's a reasonable no. kind of... Oh, God. I, 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 don't think, I don't think there's going to be any gamesmanship. I don't think that... I, I think H2K is going to be playing the win, and I think SKT is going to be playing to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any... Like I think that they'll have the ha-ha. Like, yeah, we're going to... Everyone is going to hover Zed at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, every single person is going to hover Zed and... and Ryu is going to be sitting there making Ryu face like, yeah, <laughs> yep, I know. Um, I think it's a foregone conclusion that SKT wins this this series. I'm I'm probably more um, excited to watch Kossing, mm. watch him play on the world stage, and watch how he tries to disrupt 
the the play style of of Bengi and Wolf in terms of his map movements, in terms of him getting ward control out, in terms of what does you know what is Kossing able to do to kind of interrupt the very uh, distinctive play style of Bengi in this SKT composite in this SKT uh, team, and if he's able to do some things that tr- that get Bengi kind of off his off his game plan, I wonder if teams will try to adapt similar strategies, um, EDG in particular, but going into the knockout stages, if we're going to see some of the things that Kossing was able to do translate uh, into another team having success against SKT. So I, I think that a lot of teams are going to be looking towards what Kossing is able to do to interrupt the, the, the play style and the ganking style of Bengi. It's going to be interesting to see what, what their countermeasures are. I think Kossing is just going to have to ward his, the, the entirety of the jungle just constantly. Like there's, He's not even going to have time to go roam and try to help or get any assist or whatever. He's just going to be so desperately trying to prevent the inevitable just to hold off just a little bit longer. I want to see what Odo Omne does. I, I mentioned this on the podcast with Magic uh, a week back, but I feel like Odo Omne is one of those – uh, top laners who can have a very Freddy one two two like performance this time at Worlds. You know, last year obviously Freddy one two two was in the hopeless situation of an SK team that didn't have Sunscare and had no real hope of getting out of groups. And yet he managed to take this team on his back <laughs> and have these incredible kind of games. And I want to see how Oduwamne uh, matches up with Marin. You know, I, Marin's not particularly known for his you know individual laning, and Oduwamne is. I think that it could be something where. Oduwamne can can make a couple plays where you're like, man, he's really good. If only he was on a team that matters, which, you know, is something that maybe H2K can work on for next year. Where is the line on this game at the end of the day, Walter? SKT minus 500. Okay, I get this one. I said SKT minus 1,000. It is SKT minus 909. Okay. Which seems reasonable and is also officially too high for me to put uh, many unicorns down on that. Fair enough. I just it, that see that's the thing. It's like I would love to because it's probably free money, but you don't you don't get enough out of it. And on yeah. like the one percent of time that things go crazy, and like Faker ends up with like a terrible Faker, Easy Hoon, Bang, and Wolf all end up with a terrible stomach virus like right before the game. <laughs> You know, you, you just, you never know. It, it's not, it's not worth it at, at those small odds, but we can go smaller. EDG versus the Bangkok Titans. I, I, you know, I, I want to say something about this game other than the Bangkok Titans are in a lot of trouble, but I, it, what, is there anything you, you want to say about this game? Like, it, it seems so straightforward that it's almost kind of too silly to analyze but so so this is like the equivalent in like dragon ball z this group is like the equivalent of like uh yamcha (laughs) or like uh krillin Mm -hmm. like going out to fight majin buu (laughs) god and like this is the first sacrificial lamb to to majin buu or to sell to like get like have them start powering up before they have to face off against like Gohan, Goku, and Vegeta, and Piccolo. Like, yeah, this this is they're they're Krillin. Let, let's just let's just put it what it is. They're Krillin. It's they're it's Krillin. it's so rough. I mean, Moss's Thresh is pretty good. That's you got that going for you. Uh, G Force Yasuo 
is interesting sometimes. I, I mean, yeah, they're they're good comparatively to what they've been playing against, but yeah, straight up, no, like, this it's, is EDG. This is one of the best teams in the world, regardless of what happened in summer playoffs and and like the summer, like regardless of what happened. There's a reason that analysts are considering Worlds three Chinese teams and SKT. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, you could you could have the like comparatively against who they played, Bangkok Titans has looked pretty good, but they have not played against Edward Gaming on a world stage before. So I think they just need to view this as a let's let's learn, let's see what we can learn from playing against Edward and from what we you know, can learn from playing against SKT. And in all honesty, they should be focusing on, let's get a win off of HTK. Like, yeah. like let's, let's just get one win. Just like Kaboom, let's just get one win. Let's just, you know, make sure that, like, let's learn, let's go back. You know, next season will get even better. Maybe because of how close we are to China and Korea, maybe we can just start getting some scrims against these teams. Like, I, no chance. I'm gonna no give you, chance. I'm gonna give you a spoiler alert. Bangkok Titans aren't winning a game at Worlds this year. Oh, oh I doubt this, it. This is a 007 X that played Sejuani on 515. Hey, Sejuani's still strong. I don't care what you guys say. Sejuani's still strong. Elise was open. Elise was open styles. and available. I, I understand. He only has one playstyle. Is my whole point though. This is clear love. This is clear love. This is the best juggler in the world. I will say about learning new things, the one new thing that we really can learn about and get excited about is this will be Amazing Jay uh, making a premiere in the EDG International lineup. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he was their top laner uh, in 5.16. There's the whole theory of, you know, he is a better carry top laner is what a lot of people are saying at this point in his career. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how true that is. I worry sometimes about how Amazing Jay will just... He will go for these kills and be so aggressive that it can sometimes backfire on the team. But that's not going to be a problem against Warlock, who was, last time I've checked, playing Shivana and Mundo in the top lane. I, 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 I just have this feeling like Amazing Jay is probably going to be all right. So, so don't count out Mundo. As, as, like, you're, you're saying that as a joke, like, ha, 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 he doesn't play meta. I think that there will be some champions that will come back into the meta, and I think Mundo is one of them. Sejuani, probably not so much, but I mm-hmm. think Mundo is going to be a very hot kind of commodity in the top lane against, against the uh, against some of these juggernauts if they get played. It'll so. be it'll be interesting to see. I uh, I will I will give it that. Regardless, I don't think Warlock's Mundo is the one that's going to put Mundo oh, oh, back absolutely. on the world stage. Absolutely. Where where do you think the line is for this game? My, minus 10,000 EDG. Okay, I get this one. I said minus 4,000 EDG. It is minus 3,333 EDG. I, I give up. It's not nearly high enough. I give up. Are you kidding me? I Look, man, I guess the theory is that Bangkok Titans made it to world so they have <laughs> something going for them. Literally something. I don't know what that thing is, but it is a thing. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, it's fine. Uh, CL, <laughs> CLG versus the Flash Wolves. Now we're getting into some, uh, an, uh, one, you know, a really interesting game. This is, uh, now obviously you've been the, the North American defender when I've been uh, doing these podcasts. Where do you see this matchup going? Like what kind of, you know, how do these styles kind of clash with each other? Uh, in a way that uh, can lead to a CLG victory. 
so Karsa is like a very aggressive, very like super aggressive jungler. Mm-hmm. Very, very gank heavy, very carry oriented. Like I, Xmithy is not. Xmithy. The one thing CLG has going for them is they got Xmithy back, and as poorly as Xmithy has pay, played in the past, he at least has played on the world stage. He's the only one on this team that actually has gone to worlds, and he's actually played against you know he played against Faker before. Like he's played on the world stage against world level opposition like he shouldn't be nervous mm-hmm. and he's the one player on this team that i have the most question marks about yeah sure Paul belter we don't know what his champion pool is going to look like he literally plays one champion until someone bans it against him and then he goes okay i guess i have to learn something else mm-hmm. uh, i think i think this series or this matchup relies on can smithy get out of his own way Mm-hmm. Can he just play his play style, not worry about what Carson's doing? And can the lanes of CLG do what they've been doing all season, which is win lane, mm-hmm. win lane, get a lead, go into team, like go into team fight phase. I think the meta is absolutely perfect for Zion Spartan because he can go back to his old team coast, team dynamic, GGU style of, all right, I'm going to pull two people top lane as I'm split pushing a turret. Everybody else fight 4v3. Like, I, I think that this meta is very, very good for him in particular. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of lane swapping, which means Double Lift and Afro get to just just style on kids as arguably one of the best uh, dual lanes that we've seen out of the West, like, ever. It, it, so It's going to be very interesting. I am uh, – that bot lane matchup is going to be so much fun just because I think Sword Art is such a great support I think that if NL can can take a step forward from what we saw in regionals, which according to the, his coach he has, but you know the coach would say that. Um, but if he can, this is actually going to be a much closer bot line matchup than I think most people think, just because of how mm-hmm. smart Sword Art is and just how intelligently he plays these laning matchups. Uh, Karza is such a good uh, jungle player, and what he brings to that team is just a whole nother level of aggression but a much smarter aggression i like to explain to people who don't watch the lms that he's like rush except instead of you know ignoring the pink ward and the jungler who goes to get a kill on his own mid laner to go get a flashy kill in the top lane he kills the pink ward and kills the enemy jungler instead uh and then goes and gets the top laner anyway uh it's just he just has a better game sense to him the one worry for me with these flash rolls, and people have been saying this, you know, I, I don't mean to pile on stake, but I'm going to pile on stake here. Zion Spartan is a significantly better top laner from everything that we know. And Zion Spartan is being allowed to play carry top laners because that's where the meta is going. And that's something, if I'm a CLG fan, that makes me smile because that is a matchup that can really uh, push them over the edge uh, as they get ready for this matchup. Where do you think the line is at the end of the day? I mean, I think he could never have too much stake. <laughs> I think Flash Wolves might have too much stake by the end of this group. <laughs> they they I, might be feeling differently depending on how this group goes. CLG minus 150. Okay, you and I tied this one, which unfortunately for you means I win the, the, the day. Oh, no, there's one more. I know, but I'm up four to two thanks oh. to that push. Oh, right, right, right. right. I got it, got so it. I get that one. Go me. Uh, but yeah, so it is, uh, is minus 182 for CLG, okay. which by the way, for people curious at home, 
that is a plus 140 for the Flash Wolves, which, again, because it's so easy, I just put 35 Unicoins on. Not I, this game, boys. Not this game. I think the first game is the game where Flash Wolves can catch the CLG team off guard. This this screams to me the, we think we have this, and then Karza does a couple ganks that they're not expecting, and they just it, it takes them a little bit to settle. I think by the second time they play, CLG's ready. But this is the one, to me, where Flash Wolves, that kind of aggression, that kind of play style, can throw a, a, a CLG team that's feeling very confident at this moment off their game. We will see. This is a, this is a place where you can maybe get a, an advantage in the unicorn thing on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got one more game to talk about. It is Pain Gaming versus the Koo Tigers. You know, we've talked about Pain being a potential spoiler in this group. Obviously, this is a better Brazilian team than a Kaboom team that played spoiler yeah. last split. Absolutely. But on the other hand, uh, as... Emily Rand brought up on our most recent Less Than Legends podcast, there was like a 5% chance of that whole thing happening with Kaboom last year. And it happened because Wicked decided to play the worst Kale we've ever seen. It doesn't (laughs) necessarily mean that Pain Gaming is actually more likely to come out with a win here, even though I, I think they're going to get one. But it's it's still not sure. At the very least, the Koo Tigers are kind of hard to imagine it, right? This... This game will tell me a lot more about pain than it will tell me about Koo. I don't think they're winning this game. Mm-hmm. But how close this game is is telling me a lot about where what pain is going to do to Flash, Flash Wolves and to CLG in terms of... Deter- like, pain is going to determine who makes it out of this group in, mm-hmm. in second. Because um, I think Koo, Koo wins this group. I don't think CLG wins this group because mm-hmm. I don't think CLG can beat Koo Tigers twice. Mm-hmm. Which is what they need to do. Yeah. Um, I, can I see them beating them once? Absolutely, but I, I, I just don't see it twice. And I see, I see, I see. Koo Tigers is definitely the number one. They're the best team in this group. And then I see CLG and Flash Wolves kind of like ebbing and flowing against each other. Like if they play a hundred games, like I think one team wins like fifty-five of them, and the other team wins forty-five. Like. Just very, like, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then there's pain that is an absolute, pardon my pun, wild card in this game. <laughs> so, I appreciate the pun. You never have to ask them for your puns to be pardoned. They are welcome it, it was, here. It's way too obvious. That's the problem. It's just way too obvious in the pun. But how well they play, how well they match up against Koo Tigers in this game will tell me if they are going to win one game or if there's a chance that they make it out of this group. So that's I, – I don't know how – I don't think they win this game. The only way they win this game is if somehow Kami and BRTT go, like, absolutely crazy mm-hmm. and Prey and Kuro have, like, terrible games. So Yeah. If, if you look at, you know, the, the statistics that we've seen, there's a lot that would tell us that Pain Gaming is kind of the equivalent of a mid-level North American LCS team. Yeah. That's, that's where people are putting them uh, when you break it down, which, for the record – CLG has lost games to mid-level LC- North American LCS teams oh, before. I think the Flash Wolves could lose to a mid-level North American LCS team. It's just not as likely. It's, I, I think that Pain is... I think you're absolutely right in that uh, this is an opportunity for Pain to show what they can do. Uh, BRTT versus Prey, uh, there are worse 80 carries from Korea you could go up against. But I think Gorilla shoots Dude out of the water. 
Uh, that's yeah. going to be really difficult. Kuro, again, I, I think you're right. Kami is somewhere where he can do some things, uh, but it's still Kuro. I, I still think that comes together. And Mylon, it's such a shame because I want people to appreciate just how much Mylon has evolved over the past split, but you're not going to see that against Smeb. And, no. uh, and Hojin versus Surti could also be kind of scary. I would love to see this game be close, but I'd almost rather see the Koo Tigers just come out and dominate. Not because I have anything against pain gaming. I, I'd love, you know, a, in a perfect world, pain gaming puts Brazil on the map and we're talking about a potential sixth power region. But given where I think this group is going to go, I really want to see if the Koo Tigers are a team that could be a top four team. Can they make it to the semifinals? Because one of the things about being in the so-called group of life is that the second place finishers in all these other groups are going to be significantly harder than the second place finisher in the group of life, theoretically. Uh, I, you know, how would they match up against Fnatic or Invictus or AHQ or the loser of SKT versus EDG or, you know, KT Rolster Origin or any of these teams? Uh, it's going to be really rough. And for me to have any faith that this Koo Tigers is the Koo Tigers that made a run during the summer playoffs and made it from, you know, having to play the play-in game just to get to the playoffs to, you know, finishing third in that whole thing. Yeah. Or are they going to be the Koo Tigers that struggled throughout the season with consistent play, that constantly had to switch back between their junglers because they couldn't get a groove uh, that wasn't able to work as a team. I want to see them come together and do that. And pain gaming, you would think, would be a great opportunity for them to just come together and beat a team that they should be better than if we're supposed to believe that this is a top four potential team. So that's what I'm going to be watching. Where do you think this line is? Well, I don't think Koo Tigers is a top four potential team at Worlds. No, I don't I don't think I, they are either, but this okay. would be the... If they wanted to prove us wrong, this is their chance to do it, I guess. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Uh, I would say this line is going to be minus, uh, minus 350 for Koo. Minus 350. Okay, I win this one. I said minus 1,000. It is minus 833. That, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sorry, Payne. I really like you guys. I hope that you can you can pull off some upsets and uh, and prove a lot of people wrong. But it, it's not going to be against Coup. The, not not game one Coup that's still looking at IEM Katowice and going, man, we're not letting any international team squeak by us this time around. Yeah. He, they're uh, <laughs> they're going to be bringing some anger for sure. Yeah, we're not underestimating anyone here. Do we want to look at the outright winner odds, or should we save that for another time? Because uh, we, we have the odds right here uh, as to the outright winner, um, which I guess we haven't even talked about whether we'd allow this as a bet. But do, do we want to talk about that, or should we save that till after we've seen a day or two of games? We, we can talk about it if you want. Yeah, let, let's, let's look at it a little bit. So who do you think is the favorite? Um, uh, going into this tournament, SKT. You're correct. What do you think the odds are for SKT? Um, minus one twenty. Very close. Minus one eighteen. Okay. Which I think is entirely reasonable because they have Faker, and Faker is the best player in the world. And I, I gotta be honest, the only thing that's prevented me from locking in. 
some unicorns on an LGD or an EDG is just the sheer fact that that means betting against Faker. And I don't feel confident enough within myself to do that yet. That's just, I mean, he's just been so scary this year. Uh, some of the other odds for, uh, for you guys at home who are interested. LGD plus 250. Edward Gaming plus 300. Very close between those two, um, which I think is very reasonable given how close they went back and forth throughout this whole last season. Uh, you have KT Rolster at plus 600. You have Fnatic at plus 700, which says a lot about how much faith they're having in Europe heading into this world's. Uh, some of the the higher odds ones, Invictus plus 1,600, Koo Tigers plus 2,000, uh, Origin plus 2,800, AHQ plus 3,300, CounterLogic Gaming plus 3,300. So you got that going for you, CounterLogic Gaming. You are equally as likely as AHQ to pull this thing home. Um, the Bangkok Titans are the highest at 500,000. Um, I don't think they're going to pull this off. But, uh, but are any of those TSM? No, oh, TSM, uh, TSM is plus uh, 4,000. Okay. Not bad. Not it, bad. It, it, could be, it could be worse. You could be uh, the Flash Wolves at plus 101,000, uh, or uh, 10,100, I should say. Hmm. They, uh, not, not a lot of faith in the Flash Wolves, which is probably very reasonable. Um, are any of those intriguing to you? Do any of those you know, stand out as something you would feel comfortable doing before we've seen any of these games played? Um, ones that I would probably consider would be, maybe, maybe LGD. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'd say IG is probably the most interesting. Like, if you wanted to make some bang for your buck, I think that they're probably the most, either IG or KT. Yeah, I'll go with that. I, I mean, you could put ten on a, you could put ten unicorns on Invictus Gaming and come back with hundred seventy. I mean, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, I you know, I think Invictus Gaming is the fourth of the big four with a potential to win this tournament, but I think they're in that conversation. You might as well, you know, ten unicorns. You you put that I, down, you might as well, right? I think the I think the actual favorites, the order should be SKT, LGD, EDG, IG, KT, Fnatic. And, and then probably the same from there. And then it, yeah, then it doesn't matter. Like I don't think yeah. it matters after Koo. I don't think that I, I like. I honestly don't think anyone other than Koo stands like anyone below Koo stands a chance of winning worlds. It's gonna be know. yeah. I think that's very reasonable. It's gonna or, be Orion. Oh man, Orion. I would if love they, to if see Orion get out of well. the group. Mm-hmm. They become extremely interesting. I'll put it that way. They become an extremely interesting under under the table, like, hmm, this is like, because it's in Europe, and last time it was in Europe, Peke won Worlds. That's true. There's just some, if they get out of groups, there's just some, there's some voodoo that could possibly be going on here. I, so. I get this weird feeling like the game's changed a bit since Peke last won Worlds. I don't not, I mean, don't quote me I don't on that. I think so. We have eight carries and supports in the bot lane. Like <laughs> It's true. Don't you're, forget, they kind of invented that. You're not wrong. That is absolutely <laughs> a fair statement. I uh, Thank you so much for uh, for joining me, Walter. Um, we're Usually this is when we do plugs, but the fact of the matter is the only thing we really want to plug 
is the fact that we're doing this again tomorrow. Uh, every day at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, you are going to be able to come back to this spot and you're going to get the next day set of games. We're always going to release it 5 p.m. PST, the day before the games that we're talking about. So, you know, we're not going to do a recap of day four. We'll just talk about that before day five. Um, and you guys can just keep tuning in. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed it. Please uh, give us feedback. I am at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can they find you? At C-A-D-E-S, C-E-A-D-E-S underscore L-O-L. And, uh, and we'll be sure to update you both there and here as to how our Unicoin bets are going uh, we're going to figure out exactly all the mechanisms behind the scenes uh, off camera, and then we'll tell you guys uh, before we start the next episode. But until then, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>